Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 219, which we are recording on Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. Hey, it's 202020. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. <laughs> the small things excite me lately. 202020. 20, 20. All right. So, what a way to kick it off. What are you wearing, Charlene? Well, I have been wearing both of my Ellery sweaters this week. Let's see. One of them is made in a cotton. And the other one is made in a wool mohair blend. So they're very different. And the weather has been so opposite on days that I've been wearing both of them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's one of my more recently finished sweaters, both of them. So they're kind of sitting on the top of the pile at this point. And in the mornings when it's been chilly, I've been reaching for both of those. Ellery is a top-down circular yoke with a slip-stitch pattern pullover sweater designed by Elizabeth Doherty. And let's see, like I said, one of them I made in cotton. So that one is very different texturally from the wool and mohair version. But the pattern surprisingly works for both. And actually, as I'm going to talk about later in the podcast for another project, not all patterns work for both. So this one, this pattern worked well for both kinds of yarn. And I'm happy with both of them. And they both have their place in my wardrobe. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've been, I've been scrolling through like friends finished objects that they show in Ravelry. Mm -hmm. It's one of my daily things. Now I have to scroll through and see what everybody's finished. And Dagmar just finished a beautiful Ellery that's a, just a beautiful red color. It looks fantastic on her. Oh, so I nice. went down the Ellery rabbit hole today. <laughs> nice. Both of mine, sadly, still need photographs. So that has been one thing that has seriously suffered for me during this shelter-in-place time. I just have not felt like dressing up for photographs. I'll have to figure that out soon because I don't want to have months of projects to photograph at one time. So I need to get on that. And I'm laughing because not only am I behind in photographs, but I have some finished objects I haven't even sewed in the end. So <laughs> it's an odd time and motivation can be in short supply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how about you, Gail? What have you been wearing? I'm wearing a blast from the past. I'm wearing my obsidian pullover by the designer Lisa Much. And oh, most people probably okay. know her for the shawls. She does really big shawls in multiple colors that are usually geometric in design. And this is a pullover that you start, it's a very big cowl top down, and then it's raglan shaping for the body. And you start with the cowl and then it's knit in a bigger needle. So you have this big drapey cowl and then I don't remember exactly how you do it, but you narrow for the neck and then you start the shaping for the raglan sleeves. And many people who knit this knit it with a very wide neckline so you can kind of put it off one shoulder, kind of flash dance style. And I didn't do it that way. I made my neckline much smaller so that it doesn't hang off of a shoulder. Mm -hmm. But the entire sweater is knit garter stitch because 
so instead of knitting in the round, like you would expect for a cowl and a raglan top-down sweater, you there's the stitch marker that marks the center of your round. Well, at every, every time you reach the marker, you turn your knitting. So you're knitting the whole time, but you're turning your work to get a garter stitch effect instead of knitting round and round to get stockinette. So it's a garter stitch sweater That's that you still right. knit in the round. I yeah, remember so you have that, this, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. You have this really nice seam looking thing, faux seam down the whole back of the sweater, which I think is kind of a cool design element too. So I knit this in January of 2017 and I used Tosh Sock from Madeline Tosh in the Mandala colorway, which is kind of like an oil slick effect, but it's bluer than Spectrum. So Madeline Tosh has Spectrum and Mandala and they both to me remind me of stained glass or like an oil slick appearance that's kind of shiny and rainbowy and shimmery. So all those colors mixing together. And Mandala is kind of the bluer of those two. I think Spectrum is more purple leaning. So I put that on and I was like, wow, I haven't worn this sweater in so long. And it hits me right at high hip, which is where I like my sweaters to hit. And it was really comfortable and nice. So nice. I thought, this has to come back into the rotation. <laughs> That's a nice feeling when you find something that you need to bring back into rotation. It always feels yeah. good. Especially a four-year-old sweater. So yeah. pretty cool. Obsidian by Lisa Much. Or I think that's how it's pronounced. I think so, M-U-T-C-H. Yeah. All right. So what have you been stocking? I have been stocking a couple of things. I always say that. <laughs> I have been stocking. Well, the, actually, the first thing that I want to mention, and I know I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, is that there are still so many new and free patterns popping up on Ravelry. There are also a lot of pattern sales, and I'm seeing many collaborations popping up as well. Collaborations between yarn dyers and designers, which is kind of neat because they're co-marketing together in an effort to keep their small businesses going during this time of shelter in place. So I like seeing the collaborations. It's really neat. And I've also seen a lot more kits popping up as well. So that's been kind of fun to see. Even if I'm not able to purchase right now, it's fun to look. <laughs> yeah, the looking is very fun. Yeah. So one of the free patterns that I noticed this week is called the Annabelle Blouse. And it's by Hobby Design. And there are only two projects right now on Ravelry. So I don't know anything about the Hobby Design Company. It's a Danish yarn company. We keep coming across new Danish yarn companies, Gail. I don't know what that mm -hmm. means. but <laughs> <laughs> So this one seems to have quite a large body of yarns and quite a few patterns. And this one, the Annabelle blouse, is a summer t-shirt. And the yarn used is a cotton acrylic blend in a fingering weight. And you and I have both been looking for a, a nice fingering weight 
cotton yarn in the past mm-hmm. we have been and there was one that we found one year at stitches i remember and then that one wasn't available i believe after a couple of years i think the dyer stopped i think she wasn't in business after the second year or something like that but we've been using a lot of the coast yarn for our fingering weight cotton yarn these days and i think that would work for the annabelle blouse the blouse itself the pattern itself is pretty basic it's the utmost in simplicity it's a garter stitch net neckline kind of it's kind of a scoop neck neckline and then there's a row of stitches and i think within the first maybe the second and third row of the pattern you do all of the increasing for the sleeves and the body right then and there and what that does is it creates little gathers that are equally spaced all the way around the neckline and the sleeves and from there you end up knitting three tubes down basically one for the body and two for the sleeves (laughs) it's it's it looks pretty easy from my cursory glance at the pattern as I was doing show notes. Three tubes, increasing, and go. <laughs> so my kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems looks, really easy. Yeah, very easy. And I think that I'm probably going to try this one. I, I should have a sweater quantity of coast in the stash. I just haven't figured out if I have like my quantities may be too much for this and then have to decide if I want to use it anyway and have extra or if I want to buy more in a smaller smaller quantity. <laughs> yes. That's one of the one of the things, right? When you have too much of a yarn, sometimes I don't want to use it for a pattern because I feel like, oh, I should save that yarn for another project that needs more yarn i totally understand what you're saying 100 percent. yeah so we'll see i i think it's good what it's going to come down to is color and if i have a color that i want to use right away i may just go for it if not now is i may order <laughs> is the yardage on that high because i was thinking with all of the increasing done so early in the pattern it looked like a lot of fabric to the yes. overall garment. I think that it is more more yarn than you would normally use for a short sleeve summer top. Yes, that mm-hmm. is correct. Perhaps not as much yarn as you would use, for example, a long sleeve sweater, but close to it, actually. Okay. Now that I look at the yardage, I'm yeah. looking at the pattern page right now, and it is very close. So I may be able to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. So that is Annabelle Blouse by Hobby Design. The second thing I am stocking is another Casapinka pattern. This one is called Look Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> Which is pretty funny because it's referencing the fact that a lot of us, oh, look, squirrel, whatever is shiny and new, we get distracted. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I never get distracted. 
And then I have been enjoying Casa Pink patterns as well. So of course, this one, this one is not a new pattern, but it was, and I had seen it before, but it was kind of brought to my attention because someone in our local knitting group is knitting it. And so that made me look at it again and realize that oh, this is kind of the sweater that I used to wear a lot. I, I, well, this pattern kind of is reminiscent of a sweater that I knit years ago. It's, it's also reminiscent of the V-neck cardigan that I talked about last episode that I wore so much. It's reminiscent of another sweater that I think I knit twice that was called Sitcom Chic by Bon Marie Burns. Oh yeah, I knit that. And then kind of style-wise reminiscent as well of the February lady sweater. I think a long, well, when I first started knitting, we always used to jokingly call them the three button sweaters because the mm -hmm. design often had three buttons at the top and then the bottom of the cardigan was open. And I used to wear sweaters like this so much. And I don't know if I stopped wearing them because I didn't care for the style, but I think I just stopped wearing them naturally because I got rid of so many of them and I wore them out and I just haven't made any more. <laughs> or maybe... I still have a lot of them in my queue. Oh, yeah, because it's mm -hmm. such a basic. I remember I used to wear it over t-shirts, over tank tops. I wore them all the time. Dresses. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They look really cute over sundresses in the summer. And... Mm -hmm. Though I may not be able to go out anywhere this summer, I think <laughs> I want to add one to my wardrobe again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. So I think I've said that already, but it's a top-down button at the top. The yoke on this Look Squirrel sweater has a lace pattern, and then it's knit top-down from there. And that's by Casapinka. And this one is knit in a DK weight yarn. And then the last thing I am stocking is a pattern called Nuala by designer Libby Johnson. And this one is a boxy shaped pullover sweater with dolman sleeves. So different from other boxy shapes that have the little T-Rex sleeve, the drop shoulder sleeve. This one has the dolman sleeve, which is a sleeve that grows out of the same fabric that the body. Some I've seen them called bat wing sleeves as well. This one doesn't have the huge amount of fabric that some bat wing sleeves can have, but it is definitely a dolman sleeve in that it just grows out of the same piece of fabric from the body. There's no distinct sh like shoulder style built into it. I haven't looked at the pattern. I don't own the pattern, but it's it's all knit. It would all have to be knit at one time. And I'm not sure how that how this one is knit. If it's knit, let's see. It says worked flat. Oh, but it says seamless in the round. Oh, it is top down. So it's top down. So somehow it's worked 
in the round all in one piece. Interesting. And I found this one because I was looking at tops knit in linen and this one is knit in the quince kestrel at a really open gauge of 16 stitches to 4 inches. I I don't think I would want to use the kestrel. I've tried knitting with that before and I find the fabric to be very heavy. But this, I think it would be a good candidate for mixing a couple of the fingering weight holst yarns together. Like I've successfully knit the holst garn coast and tides together at this gauge. And I think that would do well for this one because I've really liked that fabric together. And let's see, there's also a lace pattern that starts at the neck that goes over the shoulder down the sleeves and it just looks like a fun knit the pictures are really nice it makes me smile <laughs> well that's always a good start and it's in a beautiful blue color very nice yeah i like that one so it's nuala by libby johnson what have you been stalking gail well i'm in that like what would you call it? Weird in between. Work has been really, really busy and I haven't had that much time to stock. So I've been fantasy knitting mm -hmm. a little more than stocking. And the thing my fantasy knitting keeps coming back to is a pink faded boxy sweater. Oh. And I really, really, really want to knit one. I like I the mean, sound of that. <laughs> doesn't it sound perfect? Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I wear my boxies all the time and I wear pink all the time and I don't have a pink boxy. So I have quite a few skeins that will work for a pink faded boxy. I just have to pull them out, wind them up and swatch. So that's been high up on my, not really stocking it, but thinking about knitting it. And it will probably happen sooner rather than later, just because I want to get it out of my brain into my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I'm also stocking hats because I've been knitting a hat a month for charity. Oh, right. And yeah, and I haven't picked out my May hat and it's already the 20th. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's getting there. I've picked out three and these were all free, at least introductory offering free. I don't think they're free on Ravelry anymore. I try to talk about more free patterns for charity knits, but these were all free when I got them. And the first one is called Scrappy Smarled by Tip Nealon. And it's interesting because it's DK held doubled with DK held tripled with fingering. So imagine you're trying to get rid of your scraps and you're holding three different yarns together. And it's basically knit at a super big gauge because that's a lot of fabric if you're holding those three strands together. Yeah. So it just... It gives it an interesting look. It's very marled. It's very fun, very scrappy. So Scrappy Smarled by Tiff Nealon is high in the running. The next one, love the title. It's like Casapinka's funny titles. Marianarella does the same things. And this one is called OMG WTF 2020. So <laughs> if you don't know what those initial stand for look them up and it's just a really pretty hat it's fingering held doubled with mohair silk lace which I have scraps in my stash that I could easily knit that hat 
and it has a really pretty lace lace slash cable I'm not sure which it is pattern to it and she said it's much easier to knit than it looks so that's high up on the list and then the third one is a hat that's been out for a really long time it's called lock and it's by tin can knits and it's a sport weight yarn or sport weight hat and this one is high up on my list because Charlene just mentioned our attraction to Danish yarns lately yeah. well we we ordered some from a company called Onling and one of the skeins we each got to just knit with to experiment with is a merino angora blend in a sport weight so I bought a skein in a navy color and I think I'm going to knit the lock with that yarn to see how it knits up and how it feels in the hand and how it blocks out and things so that's the one that our friend Elizabeth is calling it the bunny yarn because the angora so between those three hats, I'm hoping that I choose lock because I really want to test run the yarn, but it depends when I knit the hat, that skein of yarn is in my closet. So if Mike's in the bedroom asleep, I can't get to that yarn. <laughs> so that means I have to go get the yarn in the garage. So it could depend on any number of things lately. But the fun news about my charity hats, in my spin class at the gym, back when we still had the gym open and I was still teaching spin, <laughs> I made a new friend last year who has been, had been running with us. Now we can't all run together, but she works at our local homeless shelter and I was giving my hats to her and she's going to take pictures of the people who receive the hats for me. So I was really excited about that. That's so cool. yeah, they're going directly to my local community and it just inspires me to knit more of them because I know that they're actually getting used right away and they're appreciated and makes me feel good. So charity knitting is really awesome. And those are the hats that are the contenders for me. Okay, what have you been knitting? Well, the first thing I want to tell you guys about is my Asagi top. Now, this pattern, I started very recently. Let's see. My Ravelry project page says that I started it just on May 3rd and it's a top, short sleeves, so it doesn't have as much knitting as a full size sweater would. So I'm almost done with that. I only have the ribbing on the sh short sleeves to go. So it's gone very quickly. However, I'm not sure that I'd love the top that I have made itself. I have well, to say well, that well, I absolutely well. love the pattern, which is very interesting because the pattern was fabulous to make. Asagi is by Bristol Ivy, and I like a lot of her patterns. I've made with much success many of her sweaters before. So I'm not having a problem with the pattern, but I'm not sure my execution of the pattern in this project was a win. <laughs> I, why is that? Well, her sample was knit in a wool yarn. Mine, I used the Lindy chain from Knit Picks that I have used oh. very successfully in the past. The Lindy chain is a blend of linen and cotton. And while mine didn't turn out terrible there are some things that I felt didn't work well for me and I'm questioning whether 
it was maybe the fact that I used a yarn that doesn't translate well for this garment. I think the way the pickup is around the neckline just doesn't look neat in this yarn. And it, I, I think I did it about three times and I determined that I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's just this yarn is not quite as forgiving as wool can be when you're doing a pickup around the neckline because sometimes wool will fluff out a little bit and hide any anything that's a little less than perfect or any unevenness and mm -hmm. this yarn just isn't doing that <laughs> it's not forgiving on this particular pickup which is interesting because I used this yarn twice previously I've made two Donner sweaters with it and I loved the way it worked up for the Donner sweaters and I don't mind the fabric itself it's just there's like I said there's a couple little things like just around the neckline it doesn't look that neat the linen itself stays open in some areas and some of the places where the stitches get pulled they stay that way. <laughs> oh, it I just, know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah, it just doesn't look as neat as I would like it to. And what I think the difference is, is that I am knitting it. I think my gauge got too loose. I haven't gone back and measured my gauge because I wanted to toss the thing in the dryer before I came to a final decision. But I think my gauge is, I think I'm, I'm just knitting it too open for my taste. But like I said, I really like this pattern and I want to make this pattern again. And I'm going to make this pattern again because the top itself is really cool. And the way it all came together was really interesting because it's a short sleeve pullover t-shirt basically and it has little lace insets on the sleeves and the way you knit the sleeves flat and then bring it all together with this kind of a wide v-neck and then all of a sudden you're knitting in the round it it was amazingly fast and I thought the construction was very clever because the hemline of the garment there's a little bit of high-low going on there where the front is a little bit higher and the, it goes lower in the back, but it's achieved at the top of the garment. You don't have to do any short rows or anything with the hem to achieve that look. It's really interesting. Really, really interesting. And I, I love the way it has turned out, the garment itself aside from the yarn <laughs> well that's good that means it was kind of a success because you want to knit it again i that's, do i yeah. i'm thinking about other yarns that i can use which i have in stash which is great because it's some you know something else that i'll knit from stash and if i end up not liking this one i'm not going to pull it out i'm going to find somebody 
whom it will fit and give it away because it's actually a nice garment. And I suspect once I toss it in the dryer and tumble it, I probably will see some improvement in the fabric, which is what often mm -hmm. happens with linen. But it, at that, I'm just not sure for me. So we'll see. Because if you remember correctly, it also was a color that I wasn't sure about. But I do. I do remember. Yeah. But the odd thing is that I have to say the color has grown on me as I've knit it. And I tried it on one day with a pink t-shirt and it made the yarn look totally purple. So go figure. Yeah. <laughs> it was an odd color. It is. It's not, when you look at it, it's not a purple. It's, it's a mauve or mauve, however you say that. I'm not sure what, how you pronounce that color, but it, it's a purple brown. And I believe that's mauve or mauve. <laughs> Depends on who you ask how you pronounce it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that is Asagi by Bristol Ivy. Again, pattern is really good and I'm going to make it again. The second thing that I have in my projects that I sadly have not knit on since last episode is my Breathe in Hope shawl by Casapinka. So that one's kind of on hold. And the only reason that one is on hold is because of the habitation throw that I cast on recently. I think I started it, let's see, I think I started it, I think I had talked about it a little bit last episode. This one I started, according to my Ravelry project page, on May 11th. So, ooh, not that long ago. And I'm no, almost finished recent. with it. <laughs> told you you were burning through that one it's just so much fun and it's so easy and I am using a little less yarn I believe the pattern calls for 240 grams and I think I had let's see it doesn't look like I wrote it on my project page but I think I had maybe around 210 yards so my blanket is not big but the colors are turning out really cool. I just used a bunch of scraps and I kind of did a, a very loose faded color combo. And I'm not paying attention to how big each section of color is and I'm not fading it at all. When one color ends, I just start the next one, but it's turning out really nice, I think. So I'll send Yay. you a picture of that later. I'm very happy with that. So that's the Habitation Throw by Helen Stewart. And I see more of those in my future as well. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you, Gail? What are you knitting? I have a new cast on in my hand right now. I cast on the Pappas sweater. It's a pullover sweater by Midori Ito and or Midori Hiroshi. Sorry about that. And it's P-A-P-P-U-S. When we were in the Saturday Zoom meetup, when I said the name, they, uh, several people thought I was saying Papist, like P-A-P-I-S-T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Papist pullover. And I've stocked this. So several episodes ago, I was stocking it. Very, very unique sweater. It is technically, I think it's called a top down, but you do this really cool provisional cast on that befuddled me for two whole days before I finally got it right. And then 
you knit for a while and then you end up pulling out the provisional cast on to seam under the arms. So you're knitting top down, but it's an interesting construction for top down. I don't think I've ever done anything quite like it except for Hitofude. I think Hitofude is a little bit similar, but this is knit in the round. So with the Hitofude, it was a little bit more intuitive for me. This one I'm just going with the pattern and assuming it's all going to work out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't really wrap my brain around how the origami of this is going to work. But I'm knitting it in a lace weight yarn. And I've been talking for a long time about wanting a gray boxy sweater. And this is going to hopefully be that gray boxy sweater. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm using Western Sky Knits Silk Merino Lace. I think it's 20% silk, 80% merino, in her soot colorway. So it's mostly black, but it has some tonal gray mixed into it. So it's not a solid color. And you knit at a very large gauge. So I'm knitting on US 10 needles with a lace weight yarn. So it's a very open fabric intended, obviously, to be worn with something underneath it. And so far, I'm loving the fabric. I just really like the feel of lace weight at an open gauge like that. I enjoy how it's just such a light layer. And I've knit several other sweaters like this in the past, and now I can't remember the name of the sweater pattern. <laughs> can't remember now, but I knit it twice. It was a top-down raglan that was knit, called for worsted, but you could also use lace weight. And I loved that sweater. So this is kind of going to be a combo gray boxy slash just super lightweight layer. And if I wear it enough, then I'll knit a regular boxy, more dense fabric in gray. So yeah, I'm really happy with how it's turning out so far. It's early days. I just cast it on and I'm just a few inches into it. So I'll keep you guys posted on how it all comes together. <laughs> The sweater but, you're referring to, are you talking about the one that you knit in a bright blue lace yes. yarn? I yes. can't remember the name of that either. It was a pattern from a yarn company. Mm -hmm. And I remember you got a snag in the sweater. I remember too. Did you help <laughs> me fix it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've since gifted the blue one and then I tried to knit it again in a Madeline Tosh lace colorway called Neon Rose, which is almost Pop Rocks, but mm -hmm. a I think you called it cool versus dark. I don't remember what the description was. And I'm trying to scroll through my projects, but I'm not going to be do it, be able to do it quickly <laughs> enough to come up with the name. So that's the Pappas Pullover by Midori Hiroshi, and she's also the designer of the Ranunculus sweater. So I'm a big fan of her patterns. And the next thing I've been working on has been my sock yarn memory blanket. And the pattern I'm using is by Georgie Nicholson. And it used to be Georgie Hallam. And I've been working on that for years and years and years. And I just finished a whole row. So I'm doing, they're mitered squares. So you pick up stitches from the blanket to knit a square. So it's not seamed. And I saw someone else knit it with borders 
So on two sides of every square, there's a border of a dark color. So everything pops like stained glass. And every row has the 15 squares. And based on how much of the gray I have left, that's the border color, I'll get two, maybe I'll get three more rows, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get a third row out of the dark color. And I don't want, if I ordered another skein now, it wouldn't match. So I think I'm pretty close to finishing that. And it's so pretty and it makes me so happy. And besides the fact that there are millions of ends to weave in, it's a perfect project. Yay. And the ends, <laughs> I'm knitting, weaving them in as I go so that it's not going to be a whole nightmare at the end. Excellent. And, oh, it's called the Deep Breath Sweater. That's it. Yes. <laughs> there we go. By Kristen Hipsky. Kirsten Hipsky. And then the third thing I'm working on is my Moto Socks by Catherine, sorry, Mara Catherine Briner, which I talked about last episode that I'm knitting in DK Weight Yarn by The Knitted Wit. And I finished the first sock last night. Well, I guess I can't say I finished it because they're afterthought heel socks. So I finished the body of the sock, but I haven't done the heel. So I guess it's not technically finished. <laughs> and then I tried to cast on the second sock thinking I don't want second sock syndrome. So I'm going to cast the second one on right away. Right. But I forgot it was a provisional cast on. Oh. And I just did a long tail <laughs> cast on and two rows in. I thought, oops, sorry about that. Oh. So pulled that out and I'll cast on the second sock today. Okay. So those are my moto socks by Mara Catherine Brenner. Okay. Candy Skein Yarn and Crafts is here to keep you crafting during the quarantine with 19% off all online orders during the mandatory stay-at-home period. Pick up some of their brand new May the 4th Star Wars colorways like Rose Taco, Finn Fries, or Mandalorian Oranges. Or take a break from tending to your island in Animal Crossing New Horizons to knit up a skein of maple syrup or chocolate chip nookie from their Animal Crossing series. With three exclusive bases, like their 100% Merino Tasty DK and their Yummy Fingering Workhorse Sock Yarn, your projects will be the envy of your knit group. And if you're looking for additional yarn and craft items, make sure to check out their enamel pins, cross-stitch patterns, needles, and art prints. For more information on their wonderful products, visit their website at www.candyscane.com. Dot com. And we'd like to thank Candy Skein for sponsoring us this month. I myself have been eyeing the Rose Taco <laughs> colorway. <laughs> it's very beautiful. And all of the naming, the Star Wars naming and the Animal Crossing naming is really fun. Yeah, I've been eyeballing a sweater quantity of the Earl Ray Latte which is a beautiful speckled yarn and I keep trying to <laughs> keep trying to talk myself into buying it but I'll tell you later why I haven't yet. But thank you Tammy, <laughs> thank you Kurt. Yes, because they're don't forget that at 19% off mm -hmm. until the stay at home period is over. So for some of us that may end at the end of May. So keep that in mind. Uh 19% off is well worth a look. Yep. And her yarns are fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And with that, I just want to say that I have not finished anything and I'm going to turn it over to Gail. What have you finished, Gail? 
I finished my throw over by Andrea Mowry. So it's a colorwork top-down yoke construction sweater and it was an interesting knit because I substituted DK weight, the pattern calls for worsted weight, and I did a huge swatch and I measured it very carefully and sometimes swatches lie. Mm -hmm. So I decided to knit a larger size. I did all the gauge math and decided, okay, I'm going to knit a larger size with a smaller gauge to get the size that will fit me. Well, I don't know if my gauge got looser. I don't know what I did, but I had knit the entire sweater almost, I was a couple inches shy of the body being done. And I kept holding it up thinking, you know, it looks really big. I had tried it on. <laughs> After I separated the sleeves, I had tried it on and it seemed like it fit properly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should have been trying it on more frequently, but I didn't. And so I finally decided to try it on. It was so big. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I took pictures of myself wearing it. And it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was sticking out like eight inches on either side of my upper torso. It was enormous. So I pouted about it for a day or two before I ripped it Aww. out. And I decided, because it's a color work, top-down yoke construction, there are very few increase rows and they're done strategically around the color work. So I was trying to decide how far back should I rip it because I had to go into the color work to get the right number of stitches. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to rip out the last little eight rows of color work back to the, the, the most recent increase round, rip out that increase round and not do the last increase round in the pattern. So basically I eliminated the last two increase rows in the pattern and it worked out fine. I mean, it's now it fits exactly like I had wanted it to. It's roomy. It's fantastic. It's super, super cute. I used Farmer's Daughter Pishkin DK, which is a hundred percent Rambouillet non-superwash wool. Super nice yarn. So squishy and delightful. And I used a burgundy-ish colorway. I didn't write down the colorway name, sorry. And for my colors in the yoke, I copied the previous version of the sweater, the throw back, which is the cardigan version. Mm -hmm. I used the same exact colors as I used in that <laughs> version, in this version. Well, so, you like what you like. Exactly. I used candy skein worsted in the honey colorway, which is a beautiful honey yellow color. I used a natural thin DK and I used a bright pink DK from Dragonfly Fibers. So looks really pretty. I really like it. And I have woven in all the ends and there were a lot because of the color work. I haven't blocked it, but I'm looking forward to doing that. We had some rain. We had a lot of rain over the we last week and a half. We had a lot of rain, yeah. Yeah. The weather's been odd, so there haven't been predictably sunny days for me to put it outside to dry so I've been hesitating on the blocking but I was surprised earlier in this episode you mentioned how you try to strategize a sweater quantity of yarn or a project quantity so you don't end up with too much yarn right left over well because I was substituting DK for worsted and I was planning that I knit, would have to knit a larger size I thought I would use all of my 
stash of this. I had five skeins of the Pishkin DK. Mm -hmm. I used three and a quarter skeins. (laughs) Oh. I have a lot of yarn left over. I have some like odd amount of like 450 yards or something like that. Just a very odd amount of yarn left over. So I'll have to figure out what to do with it. It's Mm. beautiful yarn. I love the yarn. I'm not complaining that I have it left over, but it was that, that you're kind of disappointed in the end that you had, that I had, I was disappointed (laughs) that you had too much left over. Exactly. It's not a universal statement. Not everybody feels that way, but that I I wish that I had picked a yarn that would have fit the quantity needed a little bit better and not have a lot left over because it's a non-superwash yarn. So it won't work very well for charity hats because if someone washes them, they will felt. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, with two skeins plus remaining perhaps with another yarn you'll have enough for a two color sweater that's true i could easily do a two color sweater with that and that would be really pretty too it's a beautiful color so super happy with the yarn and the resulting project even though i did have to rip back like (laughs) six or seven inches (laughs) but you know that happens sometimes and it's not like i have anything more important to do at home lately (laughs) (laughs) so yes that's the throw over by andrea mowry super easy sweater and it's just a fun sweater to wear too i really like it so i highly recommend the pattern and that's what i've finished all right and i'm gonna let you kick this off because this is your baby (laughs) well i don't know if it's my baby anymore it's everyone's baby at this point but what we are talking about is our annual Colors of Fall Knit Along. Yay! (laughs) And our annual knit along for the colors of fall is when we, and I collectively mean we, all make something using the Pantone fashion color palettes that are released every year. There's a different palette every year. And you photographed your finished item with a complete fall outfit, which is part of the fun. (laughs) Yep, my favorite part. Yes, and then if you want to participate, you can enter your photo in a thread in our Ravelry group for the purpose of awarding prizes in the fall. And it it always seems really early to me that we're talking about fall in May, but the idea is we start early so we have a finished whole outfit to wear in the fall so that's why we start all the way back in may for something that's called the fall right fall knit along (laughs) and it is following traditional retail patterns really because fall will start the fall in the fashion industry the fall clothing has already been planned is already being made is probably being shipped and usually appears in stores in the middle of summer yeah this year of course is probably an exception there as everything is this year i don't know exactly what the pandemic has meant in terms of manufacture of clothing, although I suspect that clothing in a lot of places 
is either not being manufactured or has probably slowed down a lot due to working conditions in many of the factories where people cannot social distance and where conditions, Gail and I were talking a little bit about this beforehand, conditions were not safe and necessarily to the benefit of many workers in many factories. So I suspect that clothing manufacture has slowed down, but I don't know a lot about that for sure. And I kind of suspect that clothes purchasing may have also decreased quite a bit with most stores in the U.S. being closed, malls being closed. That's true, Different countries have done the same thing. And of course, you can order online, and a lot of people do shop online, but I know that the clothes I purchased, like February, January, February, are sitting here in my closet unworn because I don't wear clothes like that at home. Right. (laughs) So I'm really not buying clothes right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying the same thing. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. So the the same thing may be true of yarn. So there are four pallets that are available for us to look at. But if you're not purchasing yarn, you may just be choosing something from your stash. If you are able to purchase yarn and want to support your local yarn store or another small business, of course, that's always a great option as well. The four pallets that I'm talking about are the New York Fall Winter 2020 to 2021 palette, the New York Spring Summer 2020 palette, the London Fall Winter 2020 2021 palette, and then the London Spring Summer 2020 palette. And the reason that we include the spring summer palettes in a Colors of Fall event is because we live in the Northern Hemisphere and we are talking about a fall season. We are planning for a fall season, but those of you who live in the Southern Hemisphere are not planning for the fall season. You're planning for a spring summer season. So we included those palettes and because the 2021 palettes have not been released, we decided just to go with the 2020 palettes. Yeah. And it also makes it that much more inclusive. So there are lots of colors to choose from. And because many people aren't able to get to their local yarn stores or maybe purchase yarn the way they used to, the rules for this apply just like every year we've done this. And I think we've done it seven years now. Can that be possible? Wow. I think I just searched our group and I found a chat from seven years ago wow. about the colors of fall. So maybe it wasn't a formal knit along that long ago, but we've been doing it for a really long time. And the rules are as long as if you squint, you can see a color from one of the palettes, <laughs> it counts. It doesn't matter what you knit. It can be a garment. It can be an accessory. It can be socks. Does not matter. And this year, heck, it could be a face mask. Who knows what it might be. <laughs> so anything goes. We just want that color, or one of the colors represented at least a little bit. It does not need to be a solid color yarn. It can be a variegated that just has some of the color in it. So 
it's really a pretty wide open knit along. What we really want is to see the finished outfit. Yeah, the colors, it's it's a fun thing. It's fun to look at the colors and as people who make things, we all enjoy looking at colors. So the colors are a starting point. Hopefully one of the four palettes you will have something either in your stash or it will provide inspiration for a jumping point for something that you would like to make and perhaps purchase yarn for. But the whole goal, like Gail mentioned, really is to just be inclusive. We hope that using the four palettes and giving you all kinds of options, everybody will have the option to participate if they would like to. Yeah, and the dates are pretty broad as well. So we will start on the, I'm trying to see my dates, so they are. The summer solstice is the kickoff. So that's June 20th this year, June 20, 2020. And then we end on the fall equinox, which is September 22nd, 2020. So that's almost a little over three months of knitting time. So broad colors, three months of knitting, pretty much everyone can fall in that, you know, knit along parameter. Right. So I did want to talk just a little tiny bit about the palettes. I pulled up, so Pantone has their page for each of these palettes, and they have a little blurb. I'm just going to read you part of the blurb, but the easiest way to see the colors is to go to the Colors of Fall chat group. Robbie has put the palettes in there so they're very easy to see it's a thread within our group a thank chat you thread yes so just go over to the yarniacs group you'll see a chatter thread we have one that's a planning chatter thread right now because some people have already picked out what they want in it and their yarn it's crazy and of course <laughs> you can be swatching up until whenever before you cast on just please don't cast on before the 20th and if you go to the Pantone pages, they used to have a really cool PDF that had different designers would talk about colors and they had different outfits for each one. It was really, really cool, but they haven't done that in a couple of years. Now they've reduced it to just a little blurb. And hmm, for, You're right. I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah. It's a bummer. But for the London color palette, winter, autumn, 2020 and 2021, it says... It's a story of mindfulness as we see a stripping back of color to the essentials. And this is from Leatrice Eisman, the executive director of the Pantone Color Institute. She said, prevailing in singular color statements, our color story for autumn-winter 2020-2021 conveys a message of strength and purposefulness with a sense of optimism. And then the New York one is very similar. I was surprised. Let me scroll to the right place. I'm moving windows around because I'm in my closet with my laptop. So <laughs> same woman in this case says, offering a rich narrative, the color palette for autumn winter 2020-2021 highlights our desire for versatile, timeless color. Reflecting a less is more mindset, it is becoming increasingly important to consumers prioritizing value and functionality. Our color palette is stripped of excess. So they're stripping the color palettes down is what they're implying. Hmm. And I've already picked out my favorite colors from the winter palettes and actually have kind of been brainstorming what I might knit. Have you at all, Charlene? I have a couple colors that 
I really like and that I really like the way they look together. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> For me, from the New York fall winter palette, I like the rose tan, mm -hmm. the magenta purple, uh -huh. <laughs> the blue depths, and the sleet. Oh my gosh, we have almost the same colors picked out. That's unusual. Oh, because there's no purple. Well, magenta purple is yeah. probably the purple of the season. And there is a purple in the New York spring-summer spring, palette. Yeah. And then there is a color in the London spring-summer palette. There's a color that they call rose brown, which is somewhat like that mauve color that mm -hmm. I purchased the Lindy Chain yarn that I have been using for that one top, the Asagi top. But yeah, in the fall winter palette, those four colors are colors that really represent a big part of my wardrobe already as it exists. Me so too. I could, so I could use those colors. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I had actually the same colors written down, but you said Blue Depths, which was from... Yeah. That that's was from, from the, the New York. New York fall, winter. And for right. me, that's the color of my blue jeans. And then I often wear the gray and purple sweaters with that. So that's a large, large portion of my wardrobe right there. <laughs> yeah, and in the London palette for winter, they have a color called Dress Blues, which is very similar to Blue Depths. Maybe it's a little more on the navy side. So both of those, I have that sweater quantity of Sincere Sheep Cormo in uh -huh. the navy yeah. indigo color. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, oh no, I don't want to wait for June because June is so far away. And then I realized, oh my gosh, that's only a month from now. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy, crazy talk. But I also have some yarn that would fit the magenta purple and some that would fit rose tan to make the soft flow cardigan that I talked about last episode by mm -hmm. Hannah Masijuska. That's the mohair held together with lace yeah. with the pockets and the shawl collar. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm like getting chills just thinking about getting that. <laughs> and then the sweater that Alex wants me to knit for her. And I may or may not knit a matching one for myself. I'm going to knit hers first decide if I like the pattern enough and then maybe I'll order yarn for myself but that's why I haven't ordered the candy skein yet because I had to order the yarn for Alex's sweater and uh, that okay. it's a lot of yarn so yeah, yeah but one of the colors that I'm using is called Catherine and it's basically the magenta purple maybe a little more purple but mm -hmm. it's spot on so I was thinking oh wow we're so ahead of the colorway curve for <laughs> for fall we just like what we like <laughs> exactly but that was alex's choice so oh yeah yeah she likes yeah. what she likes too so yeah i already have some plans for knitting the right colors for this fall i feel so ahead of the curve great and, and then we did oh go ahead well a lot of times when we introduce this knit along we look up fashion trends and we talk about that and how it translates into a maker's wardrobe. 
And this year it's a little bit different because of the pandemic. There really is not a lot that's current out there on the state of the upcoming fashion season, or really if there even is one. Everything that Gail and I found had been published several months ago before the worldwide pandemic really was believed, I guess I should say, really before it enforced or yeah, before we were sheltering in place. Yes, exactly. And before a lot of people understood how far reaching it was going to be and that we probably won't really have much of a retail fashion season in the fall. But I did see a couple of trends when I tried to look, and one of them had to do with color. So I did want to mention that, and that was the prominence of browns and beiges Mm -hmm. on the runway when they had the fashion shows for the fall 2020 lines. And I wanted to mention that because Gail and I had noticed that we have noticed this for a while now in the yarn store that people have been coming in and especially for baby things, people want neutrals. People come in and they want beiges and tans and they want to make blankets in beige and olive or brown and beige, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have seen that color trend in practice. Yeah, some of my research, one of the things, well, to back up a little bit. So I, just like Charlene, I went and looked at the internet and saw, you know, fashion color trends. And I found four or five U.S. magazines that had online trends. And uh, first of all, most of them didn't match up. Like Elle magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and whatever other one I saw, most of them didn't have the same trends. But then I found some similarities, and one of them was the flesh tones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a thing. Interesting. Yeah. And another one that was a thing is lingerie-inspired clothes. So, oh, and we are kind of seeing that a little bit on the bralette with all of the bralettes that are popping up in the pattern yeah. in the pattern pages, yeah, and the ripple butt shorts that are oh, yeah. high up there, yeah. So I thought, well, that's interesting. That really translated into knitting yes, quite successfully, yeah. And then again, I'm ahead of the fashion curve because <laughs> tassels and fringe are a thing. <laughs> cracked me up. I was so excited when I saw that. Two different places mentioned tassels or fringe. I was like, yes, I'm ahead of the curve. Okay. I'm not sure that never having given them up is the same as being ahead of the curve. (laughs) (laughs) You're raining on my parade. You know, you just got to let me have my moment here. (laughs) I do. I think you are absolutely ahead of the curve, Gail. I love fringe. <laughs> I love it. But a lot of the other ones were so disparate. Like this one says red is in. This one says black is in. A lot of them say white is in. Like everybody should be wearing white wedding dresses. Well, come on. How many people are going to really need a white wedding dress this year? I mean, if it was a normal year, there would be more people. Yeah. But still, 
white wedding dresses doesn't seem like a fashion trend to me. That just seems like wedding wear. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of surprised by that. But shiny, one one thing said shiny is in, another said plaid is in. One said big shoulders is in, the other said the cocoon look is in. So I don't hmm. know. But one that I did like, they said the sweater vest is oh, in. I did see that one as well. So it yep. will be interesting to see if we see sweater vests popping up in Hot Right Now on Ravelry. Mm-hmm. I will be very interested to see. It would be yeah. super fun if we had yeah. another type of garment to wear and knit. Yeah, because that's no sleeves to knit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Less yarn, less knitting time. Just imagine like all of the color work types of vests that I'm, I'm picturing Fair Isle. It yeah. was a thing for a long time yeah. that people made these. It was a traditional thing. And with all the scraps we have, you could make some beautiful yeah color work vests so we just find need to find a way to fit them into the wardrobe we shall see yeah i'm excited yeah so that is our little introduction to colors of fall and we hope that you will join in the conversation think about joining us and we do realize that this is an unusual year and fashion for fall is not going to be the first thing of importance on everyone's list of things when they're planning for the fall. But we hope that if you would like to join, it will just be something that will be fun and have a good time and bring a smile to your face. And the first person who designs knit joggers, I'm in. I like that idea. Yeah, it it seems like it's just the right, it's the right year for it. So I hope someone comes up with a knit jogger, although it's probably too warm to wear in California. So, Well, you could probably take the shorts pattern and just make a longer leg. Yeah, but I don't want tight fitting. I want joggers. Yeah, understood. I've put the request out to the universe, so hopefully (laughs) there will be a knitting pattern for them. (laughs) So yes, like Charlene said, just have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you're all enjoying your knitting. And that's it for now. And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has made some nice comments to us for continuing to podcast through this difficult time. That's meant a lot to both Gail and me. It has been occasionally difficult to rally yeah to rally Mm -hmm. because it's just such a period of unknowns and through it all our knitting really has brought us a sense of calmness and a lot of happiness to keep doing something that we love and I know a lot of you are facing job loss a lot of people are doing difficult jobs at this time and Hopefully, everybody can find a little bit of solace with their crafting and knitting. Yeah. And don't forget, we do have the Saturday 1 p.m. Pacific Time Zoom meetup, and anyone's welcome. It's been a really fun way to just kind of detach from the rest of the world and just talk knitting and just have fun and just find a piece of normal is how it's felt for me. So 
there's a link in our Ravelry group and Robbie does one on Fridays. And if anyone else is interested in doing them for different time zones and different days, just let us know, start a thread and make it happen. Yeah. I have to say that I have enjoyed the Saturday get togethers so much. I know. They're great. Really fun to get to know some of the listeners, especially some of the voices that I've seen or read, I should say, some of the voices that I've read for so long in our Ravelry group threads. It's been fun. I know. I love putting names, Ravelry usernames and faces and voices together makes me so happy when the light bulb goes on. Oh, that's who it is. I just love it. (laughs) I love it. It's been fun. So thank you, everyone. We really appreciate it. And happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye -bye. Take care. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.